Morning again. Have you worked out what the scripture is yet? <laughs> so I don't need to say anything. I'll just go home now. <laughs> I've headed this up everything. And um, which is <laughs> we won't cover everything tonight, most of it today. Um, but I, I, perhaps it's because I headed up everything, but I've heard that word everything <laughs> lots of times this morning. And, uh, you, know, we, you know, God is the God of everything and everyone. So um, we're going to look at um, some verses in Matthew 13. And Jesus spoke a lot in, um, in parables, in stories. And they were stories about everyday folk. Uh, stories that people would relate to, stories that are timeless. So in Matthew 13, he says to them, um, this is what the kingdom of heaven's like. And um, he, he starts to describe what the kingdom of heaven is like, yeah? What it's like um, up there and down here. And that's a bit like, you know, if we go to a foreign country, I know Meg's going to Japan, but it's, you need to understand the culture in Japan, <laughs> You know, otherwise you'll do stupid things like queue up or change your clocks in the middle of October or, you know, sort of stuff that's very sort of un-Japanese. And, um, it, you know, so we, we have to know what the culture's like. What's it like in, in this kingdom that we are invited to be part of, we are invited to, uh, to, to, to participate in? So he talks about a sower. And, um, and about seed and the different sorts of seed on the different sorts of ground. And he talks about a mustard seed that's really, really small and then grows into something, something huge. He talks about a garden that's full of things that should be there and things that shouldn't be there. Weeds, that is. And, um, and then he comes to, to a couple of verses, that, that um, a couple of real gems in, in the literal sense of the, of the word. And we're just going to read those now. Um, it's in Matthew chapter 13, if you want to follow it. be up on the screen if not. Uh, and it's just verse 44 to 46. And I love short stories because you can remember them, can't you? You can almost remember every word. And uh, so Jesus said this. He said, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and sold all that he had, and he bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine, pearl, fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went, and sell, it went away and sold everything he had and bought it. And that's, that word everything is, is there, there again. And that's it. <laughs> that's... Um, that's what, what we're looking at. The, thing, the first thing you notice about this, this kingdom of heaven, this kingdom that Jesus came to inaugurate, the kingdom that he invites us, this culture that he invites us to be part of, is that it's hidden. It's, it's, it's buried in a field. It's buried treasure. It, it's, it's a pearl that this merchant has been looking for all his life and has not found it yet. And it's hidden. It's, it's in a field. And it's not unusual, this is an everyday scene, it's not unusual for people to bury treasure in the ground 
and then not come back to it later because they died or, or they moved or something. Because without banks, you just buried it in the ground. You know, you've all seen Pirates of the Caribbean, Treasure Island, you know, read the books. It, it, it wasn't unusual. And there are lots of finds in, in Israel of, of people finding buried treasure because people hid it. To, it, was, it was a way to keep it secure. It's a bit like putting it under, under your bed, you know. And um, so it wasn't an unusual scene. And equally, the, the, the merchant wasn't an unusual scene. If any of you watched the World Cup, Qatar was a centre for the pearl trade at this time. And, um, you know, they collected pearls there. And, you know, this merchant, who was pretty rich, I suspect, to buy pearls, um, you know, would have probably gone there. So it's not, you know, these aren't unusual scenes. They are, they are, they are everyday, everyday scenes. But, but it's hidden. And sometimes we say, I remember I preached once about why, why, God, don't you make yourself just a bit more obvious? Why don't you advertise on TV? Um, not on the God channel or whatever, but why don't you advertise on, on TV? Or why don't you just make it a bit more obvious <laughs> that you are who you are? And I think um, the first thing to say about that is that it's hidden because we couldn't cope. We couldn't cope with the full, full view. It says um, in Corinthians, you know, we, we, we see through a, through a mirror quite, dark, you know, quite dimly. And we wouldn't be able to cope. If you look at the Old Testament, people couldn't cope when God appeared. They had to hide. They had to, to keep out of his way. He is holy. We, we sang it earlier on. He is separate. He is, he is different to, to you and I. And it's out of love that he hides himself. It's out of love for, for us because we couldn't cope. We see a glimpse. We see a glimpse in Jesus. We see him showing glimpses of himself. Um, we see it through creation, don't we? And in Romans he says, you know, it's pretty obvious that I'm there because people have had this witness of creation. So I created things. He talks about the history of Israel and um, their poetry, their history, their songs, uh, their, their prophet, prophecies. And he's, he's almost saying to us, you know, it's not that unobvious. It's not that unclear. But if I showed the full revelation, you just really would not be able to stand. You would not be able to cope. He is awesome. He is incredible. He is, you know, amazing. We just, he is just so, so different. And to be honest, if he wasn't that different, I wouldn't want him as my God. I wouldn't want him like that. So he is so much. It says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. They're, they are totally different. He is, he is different. Sin separates us from him, which is why we need Jesus to come and, and sort of make that bridge, make that connection to him. So it's out of love that, that, that he hides. And um, he did come and reveal himself. He came and revealed himself in, in Jesus. And the people went, you've got to be joking. Yeah? It says in, in, the, in the first chapter of John, it says, came to those which were his own. His own did not recognize him. They, they, they crucified him. They, they got rid of him. They said, you, you, you know... <laughs> If that's God, we don't want him. And they, they, they rejected him. So I, if, I was, if I was God, and I'm not, is, you might notice, is, is, that, is that 
I'd have gone, you stupid people, don't you realise what I've done, what I've, you know, what I've said? Because it says in Hebrews, it says, in these last days, he spoke to us through his son. He spoke to us through his history, through psalms, through songs, through prophecies. And now he's speaking to us through his son. And that's the glimpse we get. That's the, that's the, the sort of dull mirror image we get of God, which is Jesus. And that's, that's God in human form. God that we can cope with. God that we can recognise. God that's like us and is something we can, we can relate to. So there are many, many reasons why it's, it's hidden. And, you know, Jesus did make God obvious. He, says to, um, he said to Thomas, because Thomas had, had real doubts when they told him that he would, he'd risen from the dead. He said, you know, no, that can't, be, that can't be true. And Jesus came and appeared to him and, um, and said, touch me. And then he said that people, blessed are those who've, who've not seen and yet believed. And he said to him, stop doubting and believe. And I do think that doubt is a killer. Doubt is, is something that really kills, kills our joy. It kills our, our faith. And Jesus is saying to us, stop doubting and believe. Stop doubting and, and believe. So this hidden gem has been, has been revealed. This hidden gem has been, has been uncovered. And, um, and the treasure hunters were a bit different. So one of them, one of them came across... Um, this find, this treasure trove, like the kids found all these, these you know, bags of money. The kid, the, 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 this, this guy found this treasure trove when he was doing, presumably, his normal business. I, I don't think he had a metal detector. My next door neighbour does metal detecting. He likes to go out in the fields and, and find stuff. I don't think this bloke, at this point, 2,000 years ago, had a metal detector. I might be wrong. But I guess he was in a field ploughing. He was not expecting to find buried treasure. He was going about his normal daily business. And, um, and for some of us, some of us, whether you, you, know, you might be, um, it's, you're not looking for, for God. You're not looking for this, this treasure. And we'll talk about the treasure a bit more later on. You're not looking for this treasure you're just not expecting it. You didn't go out this morning expecting to find the treasure trove. You didn't come here this morning expecting to find this treasure, this treasure that is, that is everything. Didn't, you know, this treasure that's, that's just there for you. So it might be a bit of a surprise. And probably my testimony is I was a bit surprised by God. I, I was not looking for him. I was not seeking him when I was 22, 23, whatever. You know, I, and then s- uh, suddenly I was presented with the facts <laughs> of who Jesus was. And what it did, it made sense of the world around me. It made sense of what I was seeing around me. It made sense, and it still makes sense, of the world that I was living in, the culture that I was living in. But it changed my total attitude towards that culture. 
I love it, <laughs> and I love everything about it. Well, not everything, actually, but most of it. And, but, but it changed my view, and it changed my, my, my world around. Um, you know, I wouldn't be here today if it hadn't changed my world around. I was, you know, we use the term born again. I was born again, yeah? But I saw things clearly. I saw, saw them clearly. But there's other people who might be like this, this um, pearl merchant. You probably wish you were, because he's quite well off. And, um, and he, he went and bought and sold pearls. But he was a rich guy, unlike the guy who was probably a farm worker. Yeah, because he didn't own the field, so he was a farm worker. And, and the, the pearl merchant had been looking all his life for this pearl of great value. And there's some of you here, and that's probably your testimony, uh, is you are looking, or you have been looking, all your life for something. Looking for this treasure that's of great worth. This treasure that you, that you can hold in your hand. This pearl that's of incredible, incredible value. I think I've got a picture somewhere of a, of a pearl. This one's cost 10 million quid. Well, 10 years ago, it's probably more than that now. Um, but, you know, it's a pretty... I think it's from the Spanish royal family, I think. Um, but that, that's one of the... There is, there is a more expensive one that was made in China. And it's, and it's like, huge. But uh, I, I, don't know how, I don't know how they got an oyster that big, but never mind. Um, <laughs> it's huge. It weighs about 20, 20 pounds. Um, but he was looking for that. And some of you might have been looking all your life, searching different things, going for different, you know, different um, religions, different philosophies. But, but, and, and this, this pearl was, was, was hidden. And you're trying different things. So these are different, different people who, are, who Jesus is illustrating here. Yeah, one's poor and just stumbled across this, this incredible treasure. And one's rich and has been looking all his life for something that will satisfy, something that will, will do it for him. But Jesus said, seek and you'll find. So it doesn't really matter who you are, yeah? Whether you've just stumbled into this, into the church meeting here, or whether you've sort of been coming for ages and don't get it. Um, you know, he, he wants you to, to find him. He says, seek and you will find. Seek and you will find. The other thing is, both of them sold everything to get it. And we've been singing, haven't we? You know, I'll give you everything. But they sold everything. That's what it says, Everything to get it it was worth it it was worth it they exchanged everything that they had for everything that this treasure represented it says they gave everything they sold whatever they could in order to get it it was worth it every penny and the kingdom of God Jesus himself is worth every penny, worth every pound to us. And um, 
Jim Elliott, who's a, who was a missionary in, uh, and got killed in Ecuador, he said he's no fool who gives up everything he cannot keep to own what he cannot lose. So say that again? He's no fool who'll give up everything he can't keep to own what he can't, use, can't lose. And that's what we have in, in the kingdom of heaven, isn't it? That's what we have in the kingdom of God, something that we can't lose. And, um, I mean, I, I, you know, when I became a Christian, I gave up things. I certainly gave up drinking quite as much as I did, and I gave up swearing, and I gave up some friends, but I've still got loads of friends who I know from that time. But I want to tell you, it, it's, worth, it's worth giving up stuff. Let me just show you a couple of banners. There were people came at Christmas, didn't they, too? And they, they, they shared... They shared what they gave up. Right. They gave up that to get that. Am I doing it the right way up? <laughs> I love these. Can you see that? They were anxious and became peaceful. They gave up that, self-centered. I love silence. worth giving up for? I'll stop now. <laughs> that one. Lonely. And loved. So you can give up stuff. But to be honest, what you get is, is way more, way more valuable. Paul said in, 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 um, in Philippians, he said, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. And um, many of us would have that testimony that it's what, it, what, it, what we have is of incredible value. The other thing, the other key thing about this is that they did it joyfully. And really, during this year, I just want us to be the most joyful people that could ever imagine. Our characteristics, because this is talking about the characteristics of the kingdom of heaven, and there was joy. It says the, the, first, the first guy, when he found this treasure... In his joy, he went and sold everything he had 
Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not always joyful when I'm asked to give money to something. I'm not always joyful when I have to, um, uh, you know, go and do something that's quite hard. I'm not joyful if somebody close to me is ill or, you know, or has died. You know, and we're not, you know, I'm not saying, you know, we shouldn't grieve, we should. But the characteristic of the kingdom is that people are joyful. Paul travelled throughout the Mediterranean to get people joyful. He talks about talks to the Philippians and said, you know, I want you in all your joy. I, you know, I come that you, you know, to bring you joy. And there's loads of scriptures, I won't quote them all. But where he says, you know, he travelled round the Mediterranean, you know, to get joy. And he says, in my suffering, I have great joy. How does that happen? How do you do that? And we, we, we need to be like this guy who sold everything joyfully in order to achieve, in order to receive this gift. So how do we become an incredibly joyful people? Do you want to be a joyful people? Don't all scowl at me. Do you want, do, yeah? We want to be a, a joyful, joyful people this year. All right, it's our New Year's resolution to be joyful. But it's interesting that the, the, the Bible says a lot. It commands us to be joyful. Paul says, rejoice, yeah? Rejoice all the, all the time. And it's really hard, I think, I'm not, for us to be joyful all the time, isn't it? And... Um, but it is a characteristic of the, of the kingdom. You know, if I'm a service, isn't always a joy. Yeah? Um, you know, helping people isn't always a joy. But we need to make it into a joy. We need to start trying to develop this, this culture of joy in this, in this place. And, um, and I just want to sort of finish by trying to help us to, to start to do that. All right? You work with me this year, will you? So when Jesus says, he's talking about the kingdom of heaven is like. All through chapter 13, he's talking about this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. He didn't say, this is what I'm like. This is what God is like. This is what the Holy Spirit is like. He said, he said this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. Now, he is the king of the kingdom of heaven. He's the king of this new culture that he came to, to create, to develop. Yeah? And what he's saying is that if you possess... Remember, it, it, in, the, in the Beatitudes, it's, it's, the, it's the meek who, who, who inherit the kingdom of heaven. It's the persecuted who inherit the kingdom of heaven. But what he's saying is... When you become in relationship to the king, that's him, in relationship to Jesus, you then get all the other stuff that pertains to that kingdom as well. And that's why I've said it's everything. So you get everything. You get a relationship with the king, with Jesus. You get a relationship with 
God the Father, you get a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And as an aside, I would say we need to develop talking to each one of those individually as well as, as collectively. But you get that relationship. And out of that relationship, by becoming a son and a daughter and adopted into that family, you get to enjoy all the benefits that they have in the kingdom of heaven. You get to enjoy all the benefits that are pertaining to everything. Because he is the creator of everything. It says in Hebrews, he's the creator of the universe. So you get, so I exchange everything I have for everything he has. And that sounds a pretty good investment and a pretty good deal to me. Don't know about you. And I get everything. And one day, the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of earth, as it were, will become one. Because that's what it talks about. And as, so we might as well start enjoying everything now. And what we need to do, and you're probably thinking, oh, no, I've got to do another thing. I'm going to give you one thing that you need to do, and I would suggest every day. And that is to find something that you can praise the creator of the universe for. So... You know, we can appreciate, and we did this morning, everything that Jesus has done, everything that God the Father has done, everything the Holy Spirit is doing for us. But there is everything out there. So don't tell me you can't think of something to go, I thank you, Father, for that. I'll give you a few, I'll give you a list. And unapologetically, this is taken from um, the God of everything. So, pigs... Animals, tools, galaxies, stones, honey, bees, sex, mountains, rivers, gardens, rainbows, donkeys, dust, earthquakes, sun, moon, stars, salt, water, rain, sea, flowers, wind, bread, trees, trumpets, pots, fruit, viruses, cities, light, and clothes. But just, just think of everything, you know, think of water. Water is fantastic. And all I'd say to you is, praise the creator of the person who, who invented water. Water freezes. It's beautiful and, you know, every snowflake is different. You drink it. You're washing it. I mean, it's amazing stuff. Can I just, you know, can I just encourage you to find something incredibly banal every day and go, thank you, Father. And whether you're a Christian or you're not a Christian or you're looking, you can do this every day and just say, thank you. Because thank you, gratitude, is the route to joy. Gratitude is the route to joy. And it takes your mind away from the difficulties that you have, and I'm not, I'm not denying those, but it, but it places it on him. It places it in the right place. The reason we don't find the treasure is that we're looking in the wrong place. The reason we don't find the treasure is that we look in the wrong place. We're not in the right field. And we look for other things to give us joy. So can I just encourage you that one little thing this year, that you find something every day to say thank you for. And then you can start to think of another thing. 
to say thank you for. And then you can start to have joy at all the things that you do have instead of the things you don't have. Amen. Amen. Amen.